The 10 Most Disrespectful Moments from the William Barr Hearing. Mr. Reagan. All right, before we do anything else, if you watch my videos with any consistency, please hit the subscribe button and the bell. Some of these videos are getting epically shadow banned by YouTube, and I know trying to fight back is futile, but I'm still trying to fight back. Also, check out my Instagram and Twitter if you use those. Links are in the description below. And I'm posting my videos as podcasts now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you'd rather listen to one of those formats, feel free to switch. Now, few of you probably watched the William Barr hearings last week, but you, you probably saw clips of them on Fox or somewhere else. So you probably know it was ridiculous. The Democrats had been calling for this hearing for ages, and when they finally got it, did they use that time to get information from William Barr? Not at all. Apparently, they never wanted to hear from him at all. They merely wanted to verbally abuse him for several hours. Why did they do this? I'll explain that after we watch the clips here. And let me tell you, you definitely haven't seen all these in the news. They are ridiculous. Number 10, Jerry Nadler. Your tenure has been marked by a persistent war against the department's professional corps in an apparent attempt to secure favors for the president. Under your leadership, the department has endangered Americans and violated their constitutional rights by flooding federal law enforcement into the streets of American cities to forcefully and unconstitutionally suppress dissent. At your direction, department officials have downplayed the effects of systemic racism and expressed open hostility to the Black Lives Matter movement. The department has amplified the president's conspiracy theories. You personally have interfered with ongoing criminal investigations to protect the president and his allies from the consequences of their actions. The message these actions send is clear. In this Justice Department, the president's enemies will be punished and his friends will be protected. This administration has twisted the Department of Justice into a shadow of its former self, capable of serving most Americans only after it has first served those in power. We want to give you a chance to respond to our questions to these and other matters, and we hope and expect that you will do so in a clear and forthright manner. Our members expect sincere answers today, and our country deserves no less. The president wants footage for his campaign ads, and you appear to be serving it up to him as ordered. In most of these cities, the protests had begun to wind down before you marched in and confronted the protesters. And the protesters aren't mobs. They are mothers and veterans and mayors. You used pepper spray and truncheons on American citizens. You did it here in Washington. You did it at Lafayette Square. You expanded to Portland. And now you are projecting fear and violence nationwide in pursuit of obvious political objectives. Shame on you, Mr. Barr. Can I just say, Mr. Shame on you. Can I just My say, time has expired. So right out of the gate, Jerry Nadler gives his opening statement, and it's clear, even before the questioning begins, that the Democrats have made up their minds about William Barr. Nadler isn't presenting the suspicions or concerns of Congress. He's expressing an affirmative understanding of Barr's sins without evidence or testimony. Nadler's entire case hinges on what he calls 
an apparent attempt to secure favors for the president. An apparent attempt to secure favors for the president. But what the hell is he talking about? There's no evidence of this. Nevertheless, this becomes the basic attack from most of the Democrats, again, with zero evidence. These guys aren't trying to uncover, quote, attempts to secure favors for the president. They're trying to paint William Barr this way, knowing full well it isn't true. William Barr may agree with President Donald Trump on some things. When he acts, events may incidentally unfold in a way that is favorable politically for the president. But that doesn't mean that Barr is securing favors for Trump. But that's a great way to frame what William Barr is doing if you want the American public to perceive him as corrupt. This was not a hearing. It was simply a show, a deceitful shadow play intended to paint William Barr as corrupt, to mislead the American people and lay a foundation of support to reinforce any later accusations the Democrats may invent. This is why people have historically hated politicians. Their corruption is sometimes astonishingly transparent. The funniest part of this opening monologue was when Nadler said, our members expect sincere answers today. We want to give you a chance to respond to our questions to these and other matters. Our members expect sincere answers today. <laughs> Clearly, that was not true, as we will see. They never let William Barr answer anything. Jerry Nadler is a miserable little troll who, I imagine, always hated himself, and he's been taking revenge on the world every day of his miserable little life. Weasels like him do not deserve positions of power. I was thrilled when, many years ago, Jerry Nadler was eaten by a dragon. Sadly, that turned out to be a fictional story. Number nine, Lucy McBath. During the coronavirus outbreak, the nation has seen a dramatic increase in firearm sales and skyrocketing numbers of sales blocked by failed background checks. In March alone, the NICS background check system blocked 23,000 attempted sales. In one month, there were 23,000 attempts to get a firearm by a person who was not allowed to possess one under our current law. And it is a federal crime for anyone to lie in an attempt to get a firearm, which is what I suspect most people try to do. I'd like to know from you how many of these March block sales were investigated. I sent out a directive that we should start prosecuting to the extent we can uh, these lie and try uh, cases. Previously, we hadn't really been pursuing them. Okay, so I take that as a no. I just have one no, more thing I, I, to say. No, well, so I'm saying we are up. pursuing those cases. My time is up. I take that as a no. I want you to provide the answers that you are either unwilling to provide us or don't have answers to to this committee because these are relevant questions and we need to have answers from you. And I yield back the balance of my time. All right, so William Barr answers yes to her question and she responds, I'll take that as a no. What? Okay, crazy woman, moving on. Number eight, Sheila Jackson. So you agree that there may be systemic racism? To the extent, in, in, in where? where? Uh, let me continue my line of questioning. I, I don't agree that there's systemic racism in the police department. Specifically. Generally in this country. I'm reclaiming my time, Mr. General. Specifically. 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 You seem to have a difficult time understanding systemic racism. Mr. Attorney General, do you understand a black mother's or parent's talk to their child, to their son? Do you know what that is? I think I do. Uh, I don't know if you do. I don't know if you do 
What an unbelievably disrespectful bitch. Do you know what this is? Yes, you do? No, you don't. How the hell does she know what William Barr is aware of and what he isn't aware of? Procter & Gamble, the company who owns Gillette, did a whole ad campaign about the talk because as we all know, they love to virtue signal. Come straight home after practice. You got your ID? Yeah. Because I stop you. This is actually good advice for anyone. It's not really a racial thing. How's your review? We're good. You good? Yeah. You see? We're good. Okay. Good. Now, when you get pulled over. Um, I'm a good driver. Okay. Baby, don't worry. This is not about you getting a ticket. This is about you not coming home. Never mind that black women make up only 1% of police shootings, and white women are three times more likely to be shot by police. Never mind that. We want to drive home our message that America is deeply racist against black people. There are some people who think you don't deserve the same privileges just because of what you look like. Society hates you for being black. It's not fair. White people are evil. It's not. You should hate them. Let's all talk about the talk. The talk that every black parent has to have with their black child, which is that white people are all evil racists and can't be trusted. Procter and Gamble, exacerbating division and hatred since 1837. And remember, gingers have no soul. This so-called talk has become a big enough part of popular culture that it's not unfathomable that an old white man might have heard about it. And even if he hadn't, what the hell does that matter? The talk is a moronic concept anyway. Black parents have to tell their kids to be respectful to police or they might get killed. All right, let me tell you something, lady. We all have to be respectful of police or we might get killed. Just because you have a delusional idea about the chances of black guys being shot by police and because of that delusion, you have coined the term the talk, that doesn't make the delusion real. Here's the talk you should have. Don't commit crimes. That's the best way not to get shot by police. And I know what all the leftists are going to say. That's the problem. Black people don't commit crimes and they still get shot by police. No, no, they don't. That's incredibly rare. There is no black genocide. Stop pretending that there is. Now, this is the first use of reclaiming my time in this particular hearing. And I'm reclaiming my time, Mr. General. But this caused an avalanche of time reclaimings. People were reclaiming time all over the place. Honestly, they need to change that rule. Screaming, reclaiming my time, should not be part of the rules of conduct in a congressional hearing. It sounds like a four-year-old asking her parents if they're there yet because she has to go pee. Are there yet? No. Are there yet? No. 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 Number seven, Joe Nagoose. You stated, quote, that the White House fully cooperated with the special counsel's investigation. You're aware of that? Mm -hmm. Today, yes or no, Mr. Barr, under the penalty of perjury, do you testify that that statement was true at the time you made it? I, I thought it to be true at the time I made it. On well, why isn't it true? June, I, I'll get to that, Mr. Barr. I mean, it, does, on, it, does it have Mr. to Barr, do with quibbling I will get over? to that. Reclaiming my time, you answered the question. Okay. I have another question for you. On June 19th of no, 2020. Actually, I need to answer that question. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, you did answer the question. No, you I'll said under penalty of perjury. I'm going to answer the damn question. Okay? You said the answer <laughs> and, was and, yes, and, is what you said. Well, Are you saying no? I think what I was referring to, and I'd have to see the context of it, was the supplying of documents. No, Mr. Attorney General, the statement was not limited to the supply of I, documents. You stated at a press... What, Mr. Attorney General, I, I reclaiming my time. Reclaiming about. my time. I think the Department of Justice issued a statement saying 
that Mr. Berman, a former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, had, quote, stepped down. And do you testify today that that statement was true? Uh, he may not have known it, uh, but he was stepping down. He may not have known that he was <laughs> stepping down. That's your testimony today? He was that being he, removed. Mr. Attorney General, the statement did not say that he was being removed. It did not say that he was being fired. It said that he was stepping down. And was, apparently your testimony today is that I, that was in fact accurate when Mr. Berman has testified under oath to this committee that it in fact was not. Now I want to talk about No, no, he was process. removed. Mr. He was General, removed. And I wanted an opportunity to offer him another job. I understand and to your rationalization the next for your day. answer, but the American it's people not a rationalization. will let your answer speak for itself. This guy is just an argumentative prick. And watch how he bounced when he talks. It's sort of hilarious. What's up with that? I think his mother might have been a pigeon. How did Pigeon Man get elected in Colorado? Why would anyone vote for this guy? He's like a total joke. Was there no one else running that year? Oh, that's a good name for a pub. The Bickering Pigeon. Representative Nagoose ought to get on that. I think microbrew pubs are pretty popular there in Colorado. The Bickering Pigeon. Million dollar idea there, pal. Number six. David Cicilline. Americans all across this country have been exercising their First Amendment rights to peacefully protest police brutality against black people. And the vast majority of protesters are peaceful. And despite that, unidentified federal agents have attempted to prevent these mothers, veterans, and peaceful Americans from exercising their First Amendment rights. So as the top law enforcement official in our country, do you think Americans who show up to peacefully protest should expect to be beaten and pepper sprayed and have their bones broken by federal officers. Well, I don't think that what was happening immediately around the courthouse was a peaceful protest. That's not my question, Mr. Barr. Well, that's where that... My question is, that, do you that, think that is as the that, chief... Reclaiming the my time. Reclaiming my time, from. Mr. Barr. We fought for a democracy for the right to speak freely, and you are attempting to take that away. And what's worse, you're doing it for the sole purpose of furthering the president's political agenda and generating footage for Trump campaign commercials. The Justice Department is responsible for protecting the constitutional rights of Americans, not to serve as the president's personal bully or political director. Every suffragette, every person who marched the, to end child labor, every abolitionist who demanded an end to slavery was a protester. The revolutionaries who transformed us from colonists into a nation were protesters. Protesters aren't chaos. They're deeply American examples of values, a desire for this country to be at its best self. They're righteous, sometimes they're necessary. And sir, your failure to respect the role of peaceful protest in this country is a disgrace, it's un-American, and it's important to remember what these protests are about. Black Lives Matter. Sir, in your opening statement, you continue with your sustained effort to undermine the finding of Russian interference in our election. You then delayed the release of the full report, leaving the American people stewing with your misleading summary in support of President Trump's bogus claims that there was no collusion, no obstruction. You repeat these claims today, that there was no basis for this investigation, and it was politically motivated by calling it the Russiagate scandal. But of course, in December 2019, the Justice Department's own Inspector General, your department's, Michael Horowitz, found that the investigation had been initiated properly and without political bias. Isn't that correct? No. It's not correct? That was not Mr. Horowitz's finding? No. He, he, he said you, you are you are wrong, Mr. Attorney no, General. That was he found he the investigation had been no initiated properly. He said he found reclaiming no my time without political bias. He said he and found in no April, evidence. Reclaiming my time, Mr. Attorney. Is it ever appropriate, sir, for the president to solicit or accept foreign assistance in an election? It depends what kind of assistance. Is it ever appropriate for the president or presidential candidate to accept? 
or solicit foreign assistance of any kind in his or her election? No, it's not appropriate. Okay, sorry you had to struggle with that one, Mr. Attorney General. So this guy still believes in the Russian collusion nonsense. Unbelievable. Then he says, I'm sorry you had to struggle with that, as if thinking about a question is somehow reprehensible. What a total piece of shit. I'm sorry, he's a piece of shit. David Cicilline is total human garbage. Now, it's so obvious by now that the Russian collusion hoax was perpetrated by corrupt actors in the deep state and the Obama administration that I can only surmise that those who scream the loudest about it perpetually to this day are complicit. It looks to me like David Cicilline himself might somehow be involved. Maybe not, but why the hell is he still crying about this? He's either utterly delusional, not out of the realm of possibilities, by the way, or else he himself is guilty of something. He looks like a total mafioso. I mean, that guy is guilty of something. I don't know what, but I mean, he's gotta be. Look, look at him. He's like the classic used car salesman con man. He's like a caricature from the 1970s. All right, enough about David Cicilline. It's just that, you know, scummy people annoy me. Anyway, most of his testimony was about the peaceful protests, which he said emphatically many times. So I guess maybe he is just completely delusional. I think the people of Rhode Island need to seriously consider voting him out of office. You really don't want somebody this delusional or perhaps corrupt representing your state. Number five, Karen Bass. A zero tolerance attitude is costing lives, not saving them, especially in communities of Well, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, that. I reclaim my time. George Floyd was killed by a police officer via a chokehold. With George Floyd screaming, as we all know, he couldn't breathe. Now consider James Holmes who murdered 12 people and injured 70 others in a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. Yet he was calmly arrested by the same police department as Elijah McClain without a chokehold or an injection of ketamine. Dylan Roof used a gun to murder nine people. When he was arrested, he was treated so well that officers brought Dylan Roof Burger King after arresting him. The department is not doing enough to address issues of racism, bias, and brutality in law enforcement. Uh, we do have systemic problems in our law enforcement system, our criminal justice system on every level. Justice is still not equal, nor are our laws. I yield back the time. Now, Karen Bass is one of the most ideologically extreme members of Congress, a total Marxist. In the book, Black Los Angeles, American Dreams and Radical Realities, Karen Bass is quoted as saying, the white left played a huge role for me. In Hamilton High School, for example, a lot of the Jewish parents were activists and some of them were in the Communist Party. So I grew up with a lot of red diaper babies and there were some African-American parents who were in the Communist Party. There were teachers who were in the Communist Party. So white radicals were very influential. And at the same time, you have the Black Panthers and the whole black movement. And she was, for many years, involved in an organization called the Van Ceremos Brigade, which was basically a group of American communist students. But the really scary thing about Karen Bass is that despite her radical political views, she's got an amazing ability to sound reasonable, which is what makes her so dangerous. In her little monologue, she basically just went on a tirade about how racist police officers are by referencing instances in which white people were treated well by police and black people were killed. Now, this is called cherry picking. She's choosing to compare instances that in no way represent the statistical data in order to mislead the listener. But I can do the same thing. 
I could probably find instances from the 1960s of black people treated very well by police and white people who were killed by police. And then I could juxtapose them and make the claim that there was systematic police racism against white people in the 1960s. But that's not true. My cherry-picked, vividly illustrated instances merely makes it appear true. But here's why she really made this video. She is on Joe Biden's shortlist for vice president. No joke, a total Marxist. Number four, Cedric Richmond. Attorney General Barr, you started your testimony with eloquent words about the life and legacy of John Lewis fighting systematic racism. When you all came here and brought your top staff, you brought no black people. That, sir, is systematic racism. You should really should keep the name of the Honorable John Lewis out of the Department of Justice's uh, mouth. <laughs> wow. Keep the name of John Lewis out of your mouth. What a respectful young man. And by respectful young man, I, of course, mean disrespectful asshole. Okay, folks, I've saved the best for last. The top three. Number three, Hank Johnson. Uh, General Barr, your opening statement reads like it was written by Alex Jones or Roger Stone. Do you oh. stand by that statement? Yes. Isn't it true that when prosecutors in the Roger Stone case filed a memo with the court recommending seven to nine years, President Trump tweeted that the sentence recommendation was a disgrace. And General Barr, several hours after that, you filed a pleading with the court you would be asking for a lighter sentence for Roger Stone. Isn't that correct? No, but, no what is correct is that well, er, 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 what is correct that on February 10th, Monday, no, no, I gave no, instructions no, 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 as to what the... my time. Yeah, I'm answering your question. Well, you got to let him answer. Reclaiming my time, you filed a sentencing recommendation, and you changed that recommendation. No, I direct the night before, the night before, that is well, Monday I, night. I know your story, but I'm asking. Well, I'm telling my story. That's well, what I'm here to do. To well, I do. I That's why I'm here. Question. And well, I'm here to tell my story. Well, and on the night before, the night before on February 10th, oh, sir, on February I, 10th, I directed. Reclaiming my time, sir. Reclaiming my time. And I know you don't want to answer. General Barr, you're expecting the American people to believe that you did not do what Trump wanted you to do when you changed that sentencing recommendation and lowered it for Roger Stone. You think the American people don't understand that you were carrying out Trump's? I was not, I, I had not discussed my sentencing recommendation with anyone at the White House or anyone, exactly or anyone outside the, the department. wanted you to do. And that's what you did. No. Now, let me ask you, do you think it's fair? Do you think it is fair for a 67-year-old man to be sent to prison for seven to nine years? It was in accordance with the sentencing. No, it was not. You just said that it was. Now, I'm going to move on from that. The department During your time as attorney it is General not the Herbert Walker Bush, you never changed the sentencing recommendation for a friend of uh, Herbert Walker Bush, did you? It was, nothing was never elevated to me. Over the course of your tenure with Trump, you've changed two sentencing recommendations. Not one, but two. Which Correct? Were, which were they? Yeah, Michael Flynn. I didn't change it. Well, you said, well, you indicated that... Um, the gentleman's time Chair. has expired. Madam Chair. You can, you can give a speech or you can ask questions. If you do the latter, you need to let the witness answer the questions. And that's the chair's obligation, and chair's responsibility to allow that to happen. Mr. Buck is recognized for five minutes. Now, this is hard for me to watch. It's like a bickering child. Hank Johnson 
is not known for his intellect. He's sitting there making mistake after mistake after mistake or telling lie after lie after lie. I'm not sure which. And every time Barr tries to respond, he's interrupted. Hank Johnson is like an overconfident child. This is the same condition that affects Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She speaks so confidently about things she knows nothing about. No, no, no. Submarines do have screen doors. I saw it on the internet. Now keep in mind, Hank Johnson is the congressman who once said this. Now, this is a uh, island, so 20, 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island. I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. Number two, Madeline Dean. The most hilarious moment of the William Barr reclaiming my time fiasco is when Representative Madeline Dean of Pennsylvania said this. There are rules by which we operate here. I would ask you to respect them. One safety official said it was as if the park police's plan to move the perimeter had been, quote, hurried up when the president needed to walk to church. In well, the afternoon, I, I didn't have a question for you, sir. Is it your opinion, Mr. Barr, that clearing protesters from Lafayette Square, which local officials were told to hurry up moments before the president's photo op with a borrowed Bible in front of a church was coincidence. I believe it is, yes. It's not coincidence. Post hoc ergo propter hoc, uh, you know, is, is that what you're saying? With the Latin. As I said, I use the analogy of MacArthur at Leyte Golf. We heard okay. that. Thank yeah? you. I'll okay, so. Mr. Mr. Attorney General. He couldn't have walked. said coincidence. Fine. We'll, we'll assume that that was all coincidence. In a related I, I've matter, already explained that it had been planned all Mr. day. Attorney General, mm -hmm. the time is mine. We've waited a long time for you to come here. The time is mine. You've waited to talk to me like this? You didn't need to wait when so long. When asked about the use of pepper bombs fired at Americans in Lafayette Square, you said, quote, no, there were no chemical irritants. Pepper spray is not a chemical irritant. It's not chemical, quote. Well, everything is chemical. I was referring to a dichotomy, a dichotomy in these kinds of things between chemical compounds and naturally occurring substances. Attorney General, reclaiming my time. There are rules by which we operate here. I would ask you to respect them. So while you, in a quote, said it's not chemical, you today confirm it is chemical, and you're aware of your department's policy, are you not? What, what policy? The one I've just provided to you. What does it say? What's the policy? Well, I showed it to you. Finally, whether or not you authorized it at the time, <laughs> perhaps you weren't listening. I, I didn't see the policy. What, what was the policy Clearly in you there? Listening. Fine. Whether or not you authorized the use of pepper balls. What? The, 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 uh, I, I did not ask you a question yet, sir. What, 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 I ask you to please refrain from interrupting me. Have you now called for law enforcement to stop using these chemical irritants on protesters? Yes or no? Pepper spray? Yes. Have no. You, no. I think it's a very important uh, non-lethal option. For protesters. No, for, Sir, for rioters. That was my question. For protesters. No, for rioters. Yes. 
Sir, America was founded on the principles of free speech. When, when people resist Excuse law enforcement, they're not peaceful. Claiming my time. I'm surprised at your lack of respect for a member of Congress. What a disgusting, vile woman. She's asking William Barr to be respectful? That entire room of Democrats berated him for hours. They interrupted him at every opportunity. He had the patience of a saint. If you're listening in Rome, please nominate William Barr for sainthood. This was the first miracle. And this psychopathic woman thinks that she has the moral authority to tell him to be respectful. Unbelievable. Anyway, that cracked me up and I literally laughed out loud when I first watched it. All right, now for the honorable mentions. Hakeem Jeffries. During your time as attorney general, you have consistently undermined democracy, undermined the constitution, and undermined the health, safety, and well-being of the American people. All to personally benefit Donald Trump. You praise President Trump's coronavirus response as superb. President Trump falsely claimed that the number of coronavirus cases would go from 15 to zero in a few days. Was that superb? President Trump said, I take no responsibility at all for the failure in testing. Was that superb? The problem with the testing system was a function of President Obama's mishandling of the CDC. That is inaccurate. That's a myth. It wasn't until this That's administration. It wasn't Claiming my time, President Trump irresponsibly suggested that the American people inject themselves with bleach. Was that superb? That's not what I heard. That's exactly what he said. That's what the American people heard. And you know it. And you can't defend it. Was that superb? Was that superb? Was that superb? The answer is no, it was not superb. I yield back. Now, this is just pure harassment. Nothing of any benefit to the Congress or the American people. None of these people come out looking out good. They just look like maniacs bullying Barr because he's Trump's attorney general. And, oh, no, William Barr doesn't hate Donald Trump like they do. I mean, the whole thing is absurd. All right, next honorable mention we have is Ted Lieu. There's no such thing as probable cause by mere association, correct? You don't need it. Reclaiming my time, Mr. Attorney General. Reclaiming my time. I haven't asked you a question yet, Mr. Barr. I haven't asked you a question yet. I yield back. Reclaiming my time. It's hilarious how many false assertions these congressmen will spit out for Barr to refute, using up all of their time so Barr can't respond. Ted Lieu was worse than most. He yielded his time specifically so that Barr couldn't respond. In some of the cases, the Republicans used their time to let Barr respond to the previous false accusations. And I mean, it was that ridiculous. Democrats are heads. Deborah Mucarcel Powell. You, you, Mr. Barr and President Trump working together are letting my constituents down. And it's something that you are going to have to live with. What am I supposed to say to my constituents when they ask me if the government has done everything in its power to protect their loved ones from dying, you tell me, Mr. Barr, what am I supposed to tell them? I'm, I would tell them that managing this kind of thing requires a lot of uh, difficult choices and weighing different uh, consequences. I'm not going to lie. And that is, and that is I am left, not going to lie to my constituents. I am to, going to tell them that President Donald Trump governor. and the Attorney General working together are not following health guidelines. They are letting Americans die needlessly because of political reasons. That is what I will tell them, Mr. Barr. Thank you. Mr. Barr, how do you restore the confidence of my constituents in the values of this country when every night on television they're seeing these images 
of violence used against the peaceful protesters. I think that I think that the the forces being deployed against rioters or in situations where protesters are not following police directions. Most of the protests have been peaceful, Mr. Barr. You know that. You know that. You're just using language for political purposes, just like my colleagues across the aisle. This was a common theme all day. The Democrats referred to the rioters exclusively as peaceful protesters. This mischaracterization of the riots, this tactic to try to deceive the American people, it's not only a despicable tactic, it's moronic. Gaslighting only works when it's convincing. Nobody watching these riots is thinking, oh yeah, that looks peaceful. (laughs) I'm not sure what the Democrats are thinking here. It just makes them look crazy or utterly deceitful. It's a really stupid strategy. Veronica Escobar. Sir, have you and the president ever discussed the fact that anti-immigrant and anti-LGBTQ policies excite his base? No. You've never had that conversation. He's never told you that his anti-immigrant policies, his anti-LGBTQ policies gin up his base. I haven't discussed that with him, but I assume the immigration, uh, you know, I think a lot of his base does, does care about immigration policy. There's nothing more dangerous to our republic than an attorney general who refuses to uphold his oath, refuses to uphold and defend the Constitution, and swears allegiance to just one person, Donald Trump. No, I, Sadly, that's where we are today. My loyalty is the uh, Constitution. Mr. Chairman, I back. That's why General, I came into government. Gentlelady yields The lady back. just accused him of General, not adhering to his oath of office. Let him talk. Holy... You, the, she just accused the Attorney General of the United States will, not adhering to his oath. The Let the gentleman speak. Will, Even worse. The gentleman will suspend... The gentlelady yields back. This one's great because, again, she yields back her time so that Barr can't answer after accusing him of not upholding his oath. And then Jim Jordan jumps in to castigate her and Jerry Nadler. And, I mean, I just love that. Way to go, Jim. And uh, that's why I had to include that one. Finally, we come to Jerry Nadler again for going full Karen. I would remind Mr. Jordan, Mr. Biggs, and Mr. Johnson to stop violating the rules of the committee, to stop violating the safety of the members of the committee, to stop um, holding themselves out as not caring by refusing to wear their masks. Is it permissible to drink a sip of coffee? It is not permissible. Not not to drink. We can't drink coffee in the room. I'm getting ready to ask questions now. I'm getting ready to ask questions, and I will. Wear your masks! Watching the angry leprechaun scream at Jim Jordan and hear laughter in the background, that just cracked me up. All right, now the number one most disrespectful moment of the William Barr hearings. Number one, Pamela Jayapal. Let us not be distracted by you or my GOP colleagues as to what these powerful and massive protests were actually about. They were about the persistent killing of black bodies by law enforcement, and finally, finally, an awakening in America of the conscience of our country. So I do want to ask you, do you think that your response, do you think the response at Lafayette Square to tear gas, pepper spray, 
and beat and protesters and injure American citizens who were uh, exercising their First Amendment rights was appropriate? It's my understanding that no tear gas was used on Monday, June 1st. Mr. Barr, that is a semantic distinction that has been proven false by many fact-checkers. How is it semantic? Do you think... How is it semantic? Tear gas is a particular compound. You talked about chemical irritants, and it has been proven false by reports. So just answer the question. Do you well, think that I it is appropriate well, at Lafayette Park to pepper spray, tear gas, and beat protesters and injure American citizens? Well, I don't accept your characterization of what happened, but as I explained, the effort there was... Uh, Mr. Barr, I just asked for a yes or no, so let me just tell you, I'm starting to lose my temper. According to sworn testimony before the House Natural Resources Committee by Army National Guard Officer Adam DeMarco, who was there, this was, quote, an unprovoked escalation and excessive use of force against peaceful protesters. Well, I don't Numerous remember, media I don't remember reports DeMarco as being, being involved in any of the decision-making. Sir, sir. The president told governors on a telephone call, he said, the attorney general is here, Bill Barr, and we will activate Bill Barr and activate him strongly. Do you remember that call, Mr. Barr? Yes, I do. But he wasn't talking about protesters. He was talking Mr. about Barr, rioters. Mr. Barr, apparently the president believes that you can be activated to implement the president's agenda and dominate American people exercising First Amendment rights if they're protesting against him. But let's look at how you respond when the protesters are supporters of the president. Protesters swarmed the Michigan Capitol carrying guns, some with swastikas, Confederate flags, and one even with a dark-haired doll with a noose around its neck. Are you aware that these protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded? No. You're not aware of that? I was not aware of that. Major protests in Michigan. You're the attorney general, and you didn't know that the protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded. So well, obviously you couldn't be concerned about that. Well, there are a lot you, of protests around the United States, and uh, on attorney June 1st, general I was Barr, worried about the District of Columbia, which is federal. protests in certain parts of the country. You're very aware of those, but when... Protesters with guns and swastikas very, and Confederate flags. Excuse me, Mr. Barr, this is government. my time and I control it. So the point I'm trying to make here, Mr. Barr, that I think is very important for the country to understand is that there is a real discrepancy in how you react as the Attorney General, the top cop in this country, when white men with swastikas storm a government building with guns, there is no need for the president to, quote, activate you because they're getting the president's personal agenda done. But when black people and people of color protest police brutality, systemic racism, and the president's very own lack of response to those critical issues, then you forcibly remove them with armed federal officers, pepper bombs, because they are considered terrorists by the president. I have responsibility for the federal government, and the White House is the seat of the Mr. executive Barr, branch. Mr. Barr, let me just make it clear. Not you are the, supposed the to Michigan authorities the can handle of the United States of America, not violate people's First Amendment rights. You are supposed to uphold democracy and secure equal justice under the law, not violently dismantle certain protesters based on the president's personal agenda. All right, now there's so much to comb through here that's blatantly false and 
utterly misleading. Giant Paul is basically trying to paint William Barr as a racist who facilitates militant white supremacists overthrowing local governments and violently attacks peaceful black protesters just innocently pleading for justice. William Barr responds very briefly by saying that he disagrees with her mischaracterization, which is about as mild and reasonable a response as one could possibly imagine. And Jayapal says she's losing her temper. How dare you disagree with my total mischaracterization of you as a vicious racist? I'm losing my temper. I mean, of all the show ponies there today, Pramila Jayapal wins the award for most ridiculous. The absurdity of her outrage paired with the sheer concentration of lies she managed to cram into her five minutes, truly impressive. So congratulations, Pramila Jayapal, you win the award for being the most ridiculous member of the Congressional Oversight Committee. Oh, and don't dare mispronounce her name. She'll go from bitch to super bitch in 0.6 seconds. Congresswoman Jayapal, who represents the Seattle area, said, when I was talking about the autonomous zone and the takeover, um, she said, there is no takeover. There is no takeover. This area is perfectly peaceful. Do you agree with Ms. Jayapal that there was no takeover? It was just Jayapal. If you're going to say my name, please say it right. It's Jayapal. Jayapal. Clearly, these Democrats were there to castigate Barr, not to question him. They did not want to hear from Barr. They just wanted to hear themselves speak. This is what Jim Jordan had to say about it and the hilarious response from Jerry Nadler. I don't think we've I don't think we've ever had a hearing where the witness wasn't allowed to respond to points made, questions asked, and attacks attacks made. Every not not just in this hearing, not just in this committee, but every committee I've been on. So particularly, particularly when you think about the fact that we got the Attorney General of the United States here. Gentleman does not have the time. I don't want the time. I just want I want the Attorney General to be able to have enough time to respond to accusations and questions asked him, and you guys not cut him off. What you want is irrelevant. And then here again, Mr. Chairman. Mr. John, you got a question. What purpose? For what purpose does the gentleman see? For months, you've tried to get the Attorney General to come. He's here. Why don't you let him speak? Why don't you let him answer the questions? Gentleman is not time after time. If you want the attorney general to come, at least let him answer the questions and the accusations made against him. The gentleman's rudeness is not recognized. Rudeness, rudeness is on the other side. Time after time, you refuse to let the attorney general of the United States answer the questions posed to him. Mr. Stanton is recognized. Well, maybe the last few witnesses will actually let the attorney general speak. Attorney general, sadly. We no longer live in a country where everybody reads the Bible, goes to church, and respects traditional Christian European values. We now live in a country where viral videos can get you nominated for president or picked for vice president. Political careers are made through viral moments, and Democrats in Congress seem to have not only copped on to this fact, but they've become obsessed with it. There is no sense of integrity or honor on that side of the aisle anymore. In previous years, an ambitious Democrat congressman would at least feign integrity. They no longer even do that. Now it's all about being as brusque and disrespectful as possible. Sadly, with the mainstream media, this actually works, and Pramila Jayapal will probably be hailed as some kind of political hero for at least the next several months on CNN. There is no longer integrity or ideas or respectful dialogue coming from the left at all. If you want to see integrity in the House of Representatives, You can still find it. You just have to look at the Republicans. All right, before I sign off here, I'd just like to say that after having watched 
all five hours of this hearing, I am truly impressed with William Barr's testimony. When he was given time to speak, almost exclusively by Republicans, he was clear, he was objective, professional, and he appeared to me to be totally genuine. In fact, watching all of the Republicans in that hearing restored my faith somewhat in the political system. Their professionalism in the face of the Democrats' attempt for viral social media moments was inspiring. All right, well, that's it for me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. That we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right.